Here is Mary and Joseph. She's nine months pregnant. They go from Nazareth to Bethlehem, which is about how many miles? 25, 30 more. Right. Yeah. On the night or the day she's supposed to give birth. So here we are, young parents, She's on a donkey. Okay, over, and that was really rough terrain. Okay, just trying to get to Bethlehem before the baby's born. So we're to believe this. We're to believe that finally they get to Bethlehem, and Joseph is so frantic that he's knocking on everybody's door. Let me in. Let me in. Let me in. She, she's dropping. Can't you see she's dropping? Uh, okay. And then the miraculous event happens in a stinky, smelly stable with flea-infested animals, cow dung all over the place, probably. Think about it. Okay. Is that what the Bible really says? Let's see. Number one, the angels, the shepherds that the angels came to were not just any shepherds. They were the temple shepherds guarding the sacrificial lambs, spotless lambs of God that were to be sacrificed. As the spotless lamb of God for all eternity is being born. I will give you a clue. It is very cold and snowy at times in that area. The temple sheep would not have been out in the pastures. They would have been in the pen by the temple. Well, not by the temple, but they would have been in Bethlehem because that's where they kept the sheep. Okay? And I just proved to you he was born during Sukkot. So, that's number one. Can't be possible. So, what, it, what is possible is this. And see, there's kind of inconsistencies about this story. One, Remember, there was a census, right? They had called for the census. So every Israelite male had to come to his birthplace. And it wasn't really required for the women. So if Joseph was just going to Bethlehem for administrative purposes, basically, why would he have brought his wife? Why would he have brought his nine-month pregnant wife? Right? But remember... They were told to go to their ancestral home. See, they were living in Nazareth, but that wasn't his home. That wasn't near, uh, Joseph and Mary's home. Okay. And would, do you think it would be so careless and irresponsible of Joseph to wait the very last minute to take his wife? Do you, do you understand how irresponsible and unloving as a husband that would be? I'm sure all you women who've had given birth and been nine months pregnant, I would have slapped them. <laughs> what do you mean I gotta get on that thing? Well, oh no. Call me a cat. <laughs> and think about this. Don't you think that Joseph would have been better prepared knowing that the Son of God was coming into the world? So, he was, he was returning to his homeland. And don't you think he would have had a place to stay coming to his homeland? Because that's where all his family was, right? 
we had the picture of the aimlessly running around the wandering Jew from house to house, <laughs> knocking and pleading, right? All of this because of one word. And that word is katalima. It is Greek. It does not mean in. It means room. Now, the problem is it's been mistranslated over and over in the Greek into the English. To understand the concept of a room versus an inn, you have to understand first century houses and what they look like. Okay? First century homes were basically one big room, and that was the heart of the family. The tools, the kitchen stuff, chairs, tables, and guess what? Their sleeping mats, because at the end of the day, they would all you know, get out their sleeping mats and sleep in the same room. So that was what a house looked like for the main floor. Some of them had rooftops. And a lot of them had what's called an extra room. And this is what they used the room for. Storage, a guest room, or women giving birth. Because why? Because it was separated from the main living corners and it was in seclusion. And women who gave birth had to be in seclusion because Jewish law, the, the law of clean and unclean, the minute you gave birth, you were considered unclean. And depending on what you had, either a girl or a boy, you had to either do a 40-day or an 80-day away from everybody until you were considered clean by the law. And we know that they followed the law of Moses. Because we see it through us. We know that Yeshua himself followed the law of Moses. So that's, that little room is what she is where Miriam would have given birth to Yeshua. Okay? Because that's what it was for. This is why it's important for us to understand the Jewishness of Scripture, the custom and culture of the day, because if you don't understand that, you don't get it, then you get the other story of cold, wintry night and a long journey with a pregnant wife hobbling, hobbling, hobbling. I think she would have gotten into labor anyway, way before Bethlehem, if you ask me. Okay, so, and in Luke, if you read Luke 1 and 2, you gotta remember, even though Luke was probably half Gentile and half Jewish, he lived in a Jewish culture. So in his mind, when he was writing the book of Luke, chapter number two, uh, second chapter, he had it in his mind of the culture of the day because he lived it. He was there. He wouldn't have put into a Roman Greco mindset into a Jewish book. Okay? So suddenly then, this whole picture of Yeshua's birth takes on new light and new meaning. And then, with all these little things that you now know, go home and read it from a Jewish perspective and the culture of that day. Here, here's what would have happened, okay? Number one, the Roman census was ordered. You sh uh, Joseph had to go immediately. Now, when I say immediately, I'm sure they went at least a month or two beforehand. Because if you read the, if you read the passage, it says... And while they were there, she gave birth. So they were already there. 
And we have to understand that at that time, because of the census, a, a village of 1,000 people swelled to about 22,000 people. So it would make sense that when Joseph went back to his home and his family and his possessions, that all the family was back in that tiny little house. Now, first century houses had two places to put their animals. Um, there was like a cave-like dwelling in the back of the home, or uh, what we consider a garage under the house today. You know how some houses, especially back east, have the garage underneath the living quarters? That's also how things were done, and the cattle was put down there. And remember, this was Sukkot, and back in Deuteronomy and Leviticus, it was commanded during Sukkot to actually make a sukkah even for your animals. So every time you see a manger, that's actually a sukkah. So that's where Yeshua was born. And the reason why he was born there versus the room where she should have been in for the birthing was because Joseph and Mary were probably very humble people. And they allowed other family members to sleep there. This is why already prepared, and I want to make this very clear, Joseph, knowing this and seeing all his family coming in, he would have either gone under, depending on their house, what their house looked like, let's say they had the stable-like, cave-like thing in the back, and it's not like a backyard where, you know, the barn is, it's, it's attached to the house. He probably would have gone in there, gotten all the animals out, so could still stay, and cleaned it up. And then that's where Miriam gave birth to Yeshua, something very clean, because Jewish law, again, would not permit her to give birth with animals around. Okay, that was against the law. You know where it says, and she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes. This goes, and when I first studied this, I was like, I, I really, like, I started to cry because God is just so good, even in the birth and little details of his son's birth. Now, back then, when a baby was born, they were salted, <laughs> you know, I know how that feels when you get a pedicure. It's kind of, yeah. uh, but the umbilical cord was cut, they were salted, and then they were um, oiled. And guess what the oil basically was for the frankincense and myrrh? So even at his birth is a picture of his death, just there, being anointed and being prepared. And then the wrapping of the baby. This gets really, uh, I just love this picture. There's two pictures here. During the time of Sukkot, Zechariah was in the temple, remember? remember not not Zechariah, but the priests were in the temple. Okay? In the Holy of Holies, the high priest, now get this picture, the high priest would take his linen undergarment and discard it and lay it at the altar. Okay? And all the other priests who were serving would also do the same thing, not in the Holy Holies, but right outside the Holy Holies. So the high priest's garment, it was traditional during Sukkot for it to either be sold for money for the temple or to be given to the poor. You know where I'm going with this. Who was Mary's cousin? And we know that Joseph and Mary were poor because why? Of the sacrifice that they gave for Yeshua's birth. It was two turtle doves. It, it was required a lamb and a, and a dove. But if you were poor, they allowed two doves. 
So would it make sense to you that she got the wrapping from Zachariah the priest, who got it from the temple, where it came from the high priest in the Holy of Holies? So as she's wrapping her baby, she's wrapping him in high priestly garments? Right? Okay. One more picture. They didn't wrap the baby like a blanket. It was, this is called a oriental tradition that was back then. What they did do, however, is they took strips of the garment. Okay, another picture. And they wrapped and bound the legs together. And for those of you who know anything about the custom of the Old Testament, look what I'm gonna do. They wrapped the baby's arms individually all the way up. Does anybody know what that's a picture of? Yes, yes it is. But even more specific, does anybody know what the tefillin is for? Uh -huh. When they put the tefillin on back in the Old Testament, as they were putting the tefillin on, they recited the Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. As Yeshua is being born and being wrapped in these priestly garments, right, goosebumps, right? The Shema, it's a picture of the Shema. Who is the Shema? Yeshua. And you can find the wrapping of the baby, because uh, um, sometimes you have to really prove from Scripture, you know, about traditions. There is a small mention of it, if you will, in Ezekiel 16.4. When you really look at the story of Yeshua's birth, and you look at it the way God gave it. Hebraic culture, Hebraic mindset, to two who were Jewish, who kept the law of Moses, who loved and honored God with all their heart and soul. And he looked down on earth, and he picked them. Yes, because they were of the line of Judah, and Messiah had to come through that line. But he gave them this precious gift. Our high priest and all the symbolism that comes with that, even at his birth. So from the minute of conception to the time of birth, death, and resurrection, from eternity to eternity, he was given the authority. It was already ordained that he would be our forever high priest and tabernacle among us during Sukkot and forever.